0: The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, Veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. Corner. Call him Bruno Mars, cause this little chipmunk will catch a grenade for ya. Let's hear it for chestpin. And in this corner, breaker of the three gen fire fighting curse. You love her type, but you're meh on her design. Give it up for Fennakin. And in this corner, the frog that broke the meta and was somehow still abandoned by Ash in the anime. Put your hands together for Fr- 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 Each Pokémon has the strengths and weaknesses, but which one is the most practical one for you? Let's get it started! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Lucas Lecture. It's me, Veteran Lucas. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day or night. Now, for this episode, if you guys are new here, we are going to be doing another episode on the Generation Showdown. We have finally made it to Generation 6, so we are going to compare a chipmunk, a fox, and a frog to see which one of them are the most practical for you. Now, a little bit on Generation 6. Generation 6... It kind of is what started the snowball that's been rolling down the hill to get us to the Sword and Shield and the Pokemon we know as of this recording. This is when we first got 3D Pokemon out. As much as people can complain about the generations, I was there and I remember when all y'all complainers saw that first trailer and saw Froakie for the first time in 3D in a handheld. Y'all lost your Minds, Don't even pretend you didn't lose your mind. There was, of course, the sprite purist who wanted everything to stay in the pri- sprite bar, but no. The jump to 3D on the handheld, while not seamless, was one of the biggest jumps Pokemon ever made. Obviously, they should have made it with Generation 5. That's just my thing. But I really am happy that this series came out. I really am glad to get a chance to talk about it because this generation had some nukes. Not the starters, no. well not all the starters, we'll get to that later, but this generation really has some cool Pokemon and hopefully we can talk more and more about them as we keep doing more episodes, but let's focus on our first starter. Now if you are unfamiliar with how we do things here, there are four categories. The battle potential, how well they're going to do in a fight in the game, care and maintenance, how well you're going to be able to take care of them and how much it's going to cost you, child friendliness. Could a 10-year-old or some other newbie trainer handle it? And utility, how good is it outside of combat? So let's go ahead and just jump right into Chespin. Chespin is based on chipmunks. Uh, Chestnut has a special place in my heart, even though it's a grass starter and I'm a fire-type starter purist, because Chestnut had a build back in when I was only playing singles. Uh, you give it a Salak berry. Uh, you also have it, you learn belly drum, substitute, uh, drain, punch, and seed bomb. And you basically were, if you used Yawn, Espeon before that, you were actually able to put the opponent to sleep, change out to Chestnut, b- Substitute, Belly Drum, salic Berry gives you a boost, you're super powerful, Drain Punch to get your health back, I called it the Berserker Rage, it was phenomenal. Anywho, with that out of the way, uh, Battle Potential, uh, pin is going to be week to four of the eight gyms, especially at the end when you are a Grass-type, fighting against a a fairy superpower, a psychic, and an ice gem. Again, you are a grass fighting type, so these types are going to rip you in half. Uh, You are going to need some help with coverage because you have five weaknesses, one of them being a four-time weakness to flying. Luckily for you... This game decided to give you more training wheels like the last one, and you get your own little starters towards the beginning. You can choose a Charmander, Bulbasaur, or Blastoise. Go back to our first generation showdown to see which one you should have picked out of that. Outside of the gym, Chessman Line does good work as an offensive tank. It can take a couple of physical hits here and there, so long as it's not one of those five weaknesses, but so help you. If it's special attack, that thing is going down like a ton of bricks. You gotta love care and maintenance on this Pokemon, because I I gotta say, the name of the game here is durability. Chespin can be hit by a truck and not care, compared to a superior who if it gets a little dirty, it will literally starve to death. Uh, Judging by the teeth on this thing, this Pokemon is going to be feeding on solid food, so you're not going to have the luck of photosynthesizing, but it's going to be mainly berries, not meat, so you're going to have a mildly easier time. Still going to get pricey. Uh, You are going to need something for it to run into once it evolves into its second stage, since it's going to need to smash into stuff to toughen up its back and lower legs. A chestnut is sturdy enough to take a bomb blast to the face and be fine, so... Of all the mons you are going to get, this is the sturdiest. This is the one that can be able to take the most hits. If you mess up in care and maintenance, it's not going to really bother it. But you should probably keep some paddings around to give a hug. Those quills are pretty darn tough. Now, as far as child friendliness goes it's curious as a personality. That's one of the things they state about it, that it's curious and it causes trouble, but it doesn't mean to. This Pokemon wants to be positive and helpful, and I think this is one of the best starters for a Pokemon trainer to get. Since it's so durable, you're not going to be able to really mess it up. Think about it. When you give a kid a puppy there's a good chance they're going to pick it up and drop it when the puppy freaks out at something and the puppy might get hurt. You can drop a chest pin off a cliff and it's just going to get back up and smile at you thinking it was part of the game and not a horrific accident. As it grows up, it only fights to defend itself and its friends. So it's going to jump on a grenade for you at any given time. This Pokemon is going to be a ride or die kind of guy with you. Uh, The fact that it can flip a 50-ton truck and it uses that power not to beat up other Pokemon is a testament to this Pokemon's true Paladin status. And if you want to know how big a 50-ton truck is, if you ever look up one of those uh, Tonka trucks, like not the little toy ones, the real ones they use for strip mining, yeah, it can flip one of those with barely any effort from a tackle. That's nuts. Utility-wise... I gotta say, outside of combat, what do you do with a living wall with a death wish that wants to stop all explosions? Uh, Construction is an obvious one since it can flip any piece of machinery on the market, but... Outside of running a bomb squad for the police, you're not really going to be doing much. Even if you did run a bomb squad, pretty cool. Most of the bombs in the Pokemon game are just going to be, you know, Pokemon that got a little ticked off at the power plant or some lunatic who got really upset that the Poke Center took slightly longer to heal his Pokemon. So outside of really defending people from death, you're not going to be really having a peaceful life. Although, to be honest, given it's peaceful-ish nature. I don't think it would mind sitting around doing nothing. It just wouldn't be as useful with those skills. So, to wrap it all up, for battle potential, let's give it a 3 out of 5 just because in the gyms, terrible. Outside of the gyms, not bad. Uh, Let's give it a 4 out of 5 for both child friendliness and care and maintenance because, to be honest... Being so durable makes it such a useful Pokemon to have, so it's easy to take care of, and it's easy for someone to learn the ropes without actively damaging their relationship with this Pokemon. And for utility, I gotta give it a 2 out of 5, because I wanted to see utility outside of combat, and even though it's not throwing the punches, its entire existence is to take punches. And I really don't think that counts as avoiding combat. Now, next up is the one that I picked, and that would be Fennekin, our Fire Fox starter, and the breaker of the Fire-type curse. When people first saw this Pokemon, they started the chant of, Not a Fire-type, not a Fire-type, not a Fire-type, not a Fire-type. People were freaking out. But the second they realized it would turn into a Fire Psychic, uh, people started hating on the design instead, which, again, that's par for the course if you're new to the Pokemon community. So this was, again, the first Fire Starter to get Psychic-type, but it was also the first one since Gen 2 to have a focus on Special Attack. So keep in mind, this is the first Spire starter since Generation 2 to have a focus on Special Attack. Uh, Also, one of the first starter Pokemon to go for a more feminine design, which went with the whole Witch theme that it would later grow up with. So, battle potential. Even without the second starter, you will slaughter most of these gyms. Only one gym is super effective against Fennec and the rest are either weak or neutral. A uh, fairy types when they first got announced, big scare, everyone freaked out a little bit, they didn't know how to fight it, but luckily fire types became the safe type to use against them. The downside for this Pokemon is that your physical defense is like a piece of wet bread. Luckily you have good speed and good special defense to kind of balance that out. As far as this Pokemon combat wise goes in game, You're basically unstoppable as long as you stay away from any physical attackers. Now, as far as care and maintenance goes, Fennekin starts out with a diet of twigs, which isn't too bad if you go through forested area, you just munch on dead twigs and you help keep the forest floor clean and debris. So that's actually part of the ecosystem, not as expensive. The downside is that its ears vent all the heat at almost 400 degrees Fahrenheit. That is almost twice the boiling temperature of water. It is even described as being a Pokemon with a temper. Uh, If this Pokemon feels like it, it can give you third degree burns without even lighting a fire. It just lets the heat out while you're close by it and it is going to scorch right through your jeans and it's going to hit you right under your skin. It is not great. Do me a favor and never look up what a steam burn looks like. It is horrifying. As it evolves, it is going to get more and more powerful and eventually shoots fire that's even hotter than lava. But uh, proofing is going to definitely be the name of the game on this one. This Pokemon, being a feisty fox, you're going to want to be able to get near it without, you know, bursting into flames or being burned beyond recognition. Oh, on that note, let's go into child friendliness. That whole thing about it having a temper, this Pokemon is based on a fox, and foxes can be quite independent and destructive. I have a friend of mine who's an animal rehabber, and she works... Tirelessly with the fox that she rescued just to make sure that it doesn't rip and destroy everything it touches. It takes a lot of care, time, and maintenance to deal with these animals in real life, so adding one that shoots flaming hot air out of its ears doesn't seem like it would be the best thing. Uh, once they grow up, they are able to communicate better and use their psychic abilities. Sadly, This Pokemon doesn't get telepathy, which is a massive loophole in the Pokemon world. Technically, if your Pokemon knows telepathy, you don't have to second guess. You could literally outthink your opponent and then fight without ever having to talk. It's great. Uh, If the kid does survive a couple of burns, if you as a trainer are able to deal with being threatened by imminent burnt-off skin every chance you try and go in for a hug, this Pokemon will make a fine partner. Now this is where i was surprised we now get access to abilities that make living and working in any job easier go ahead and think of any job i'll give you like three seconds think of any job on the planet now tell me it wouldn't be improved with the ability to move things with your mind this pokemon does need to learn the moves but it has the potential to learn things like telekinesis so it's able to lift things off the ground without barely any effort want to see the future Del Fox doesn't even need the move future site to do that. It can already do that looking in the flame. So if you want to see if a potential crime is going to happen or where the stock market's going to go or which horse is going to win the race, I mean, you, you got some options there. Want to be a therapist? Hypnosis at the ready. If you can think of any job out there that isn't improved by psychic powers, I would love to hear it. So on to the ranking, let's go ahead and look at battle potential. I'll give it a 4 out of 5, just because it's able to do such tremendous damage to the gym. Uh, care and maintenance, I will give a 3 out of 5, just because you have the risk of imminent death, but it can get better as you as it grows up. It's able to get more control. Child friendliness, 2 out of 5, because it starts off as this thing that can burn you without even lighting a match. So it's really not something you want to be around, even if it does improve. Utility... 5 out of 5. Again, the ability to lift things with your mind is kinda like Surf in that you always get points for being able to have it and do it. Trust me, if you have psychic powers, your life might have some challenges, but picking up any object is not one of them. Ah, last but not least, we have arrived at Lefrog, Froki, The first starter to ever be put in uber tier in the Pokemon showdown brackets. Back in the Smogon days and I still play, this thing was a nightmare in the beginning. Every competitive team had a Greninja and a Talonflame at first. It was nuts. So let's just get off it right now. Battle potential, 5 out of 5. If you were not there, you don't know. This thing's hidden ability broke the game. Its hidden ability is Protean, which is what Cinderace has now only under a different name. It just lets you change to whatever type you are attacking with. Now, this Pokemon, even without this ability, still has a very wide move pool to cover most of its bases. This Pokemon can go full attack, it can go full support, it can go mixed attacker. This Pokemon can fit so much of the meta under its semi-permeable frog skin. The gyms will give you a hard time if you don't have the ability. But if you are able to get a hidden ability Froakie, you are just going to kill everything. It doesn't matter. Your move pool is so wide and damaging, nobody knows that you're packing under the hood. You are unstoppable, albeit as long as you have a focus sass because you are a little bit squishy. Again, you are frog. Now, with care and maintenance, being an amphibian... Froakie is going to need to stay hydrated, but luckily those bubbles around its neck not only protect it from impact, but also keep it hydrated away from the water. Uh, It's stated that it appears to be carefree, but it's always aware of its surroundings, so we know it's smart enough to take commands and be vigilant even when it's trying to goof off. Uh, Being based on ninjas, these Pokemon were kind of bored to take orders, but they do like to train, so the equipment to help them train isn't going to come cheap. Uh, frogs can be really susceptible to disease as well, so you're going to need to keep full heels and whatever medication you can. Because they have that thin amphibious skin, if anything is in the water, if anything is in the air, they have a much higher chance of catching it. And not all viruses are as kind as the pokerus virus. Now for child friendliness, again, carefree nature combined with always being aware of its surroundings make it a great start for you as a kid. As it's growing up, it will become more powerful, but nothing in the decks points to it kind of having a rebellious streak. It just gets more and more powerful and more and more reliable. It does get a bit sadistic, and that's a problem as Greninja. When it becomes a Greninja, it kind of plays with its food. It toys with its enemies, and that really is a downside because if you're an inexperienced trainer... You might just let it, you know, goof off and have a little fun. And that's when the Pokemon you're fighting surprises you with a move you didn't see coming and you lose. You need to be able to keep it focused on finishing the fight efficiently and quickly. So there are no surprises. There are no scruples. But again, if you're a new trainer, you might not know how to do that. Now with utility. Utility. Uh, It learns a lot of attacks, but most of them are all built for damage. Again, surf, you always get a point for being able to surf, well done. But Greninja is literally a warrior frog that thrives on stealth combat. It can learn camouflage, making it perfect for recon operations, so you can listen in on criminal activity, or you can, you know, collect information from rival companies if you want to start really committing crimes. No, actually, if you really want to start committing crimes, let's be honest, ninjas were not recon. They were assassins, so give this thing all its little stealth moves, start becoming a contract killer, and you will literally have the perfect Pokemon to help commit horrible assassinations across the political and economic theater that is the Pokemon world. Luckily for us, I do not give points for potential murder frogs, so we're not going to count assassination as a job, because it's not a job, it's a crime. Anywho, battle potential. Uh, Five out of five. When you break the meta, you get five out of five. Doesn't matter who you are or what you did. You broke the meta. People were scared. Five out of five. Uh, care and maintenance, uh, three out of five because it is a frog. Child friendliness, a uh, three out of five given that it's a bit sadistic. Utility, got to give it a two out of five. If we included assassinations as its job, I would definitely give it a three out of five. So, to really wrap it all up, if you want a carefree Pokemon that gets a little bit klutzy, but is able to survive a bomb going off at its face and still come out smiling, go ahead and get the Chipmunk. If you want a Pokemon that has all this utility, all this ability once it fully evolves, and are willing to risk the horrific scarring and burning of your skin by just going to pat its little cute ears, Then go with the fox, our little girl Fennekin. And finally, if you want to go with the super destructive stealth ninja assassin frog, yes, those are all adjectives that should be added to Froakie, you go ahead and you take that evil frog and I will see you on a wanted poster somewhere down the line. So I would like to give a special shout out to someone who's been helping with some of the work I left behind in Florida, and that would be Miss Jackie Kroger. Thank you very much for maintaining some of the activities I left behind at the Florida Aquarium. Uh, Your boss called and let me know that you were taking good care of it, and that's really nice. So thank you very much for keeping up some of those activities, and I'm very happy you're listening to the show. Keep up the good work and get back to work. Anywho. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love getting to do these showdowns. We're almost at the end. Once we get to the end of these showdowns, we'll go ahead and put it on the hibernation. But again, you guys listening really keeps us going. You helped us get through the pandemic. You're helping us get through the vaccine period. You guys are awesome. Please, if you know someone who might be interested, go ahead and share a link to this episode or any of your favorite episodes. We love having you guys share. And again, keep up those Requests. So we have gotten some really good ones, and we are finally getting to that weather request next week. I had to track down someone from the National Weather Service, but we are going to have a weather episode. So until next week, have a wonderful rest of your day and night. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.